Life is full of surprises. Ladies and gentlemen, the terrible elephant man. It's my favorite film podcast. I'm Gav Smith. Uh, in this series so far, we've covered horror, musicals, some more horror, and some school fights. This episode is maybe a little bit different. I'm joined by Aidan Fadkin. Um, and that's not the reason why it's odd, by the way. Just wanted to make that quite clear. <laughs> yeah, it's not Aiden. my surname. <laughs> Can you Aiden. tell us a little bit about yourself? What you do um, that thing? Yeah, so I'm uh, a Geek Show alumni. Um, basically, I... Uh, uh, Gav's part of my favorite film, uh, so and we get promoted. There's a lot cross promotion for me in yeah, each and every podcast. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm basically on pop screen occasionally. I'm on uh, the Geek Show occasionally, and directors and cut that lot. Uh, apart from that, you can find me on Letterbox as well. I'm quite a prolific user on there, and not there. I work in film and TV as well, so it's a, it's a very hectic, very hectic yeah. industry. Yeah. What <clears> What do you do in TV? I work in locations, so oh, okay. um, yeah. So I do like a lot of like it's it's very unglamorous lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's glamorous, though. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 never is. Um, like I said, I, I do like a lot of um, ferrying like pop up tents for cast and crew to stay under uh, when mm. the weather's uh, rainy or things like that. You know, water bottles, that kind of thing. Plenty of we're, glor- we're glorified um, handymen basically on right. work, but but yeah. Um, that's what I do. Uh, but, you know, I get to see a lot of cool stuff. And yeah, that's me. Do, yeah. Meet the yeah. stars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Can't be that bad. Yeah. Um, so tonight's film, which I haven't mentioned yet, but obviously anyone who's read the notes on the podcast itself will know what it is. Um, mm. It's a bit of a classic. Can you <laughs> tell us what it is and a little bit about what it's actually about? It's plot synopsis, if you can do that. Yeah, absolutely. This is 1980s The Elephant Man. Directed by David Lynch, um, it was his second feature film after Razorhead. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah, um, and the a basic plot synopsis is um, it's based on a real life story. Um, one uh, the and it's basically about a friendship, uh, essentially yeah. in Victorian era London, um, 19, uh, 18, 1880s. Uh, we have two men, Doctor Frederick Treves, played by Anthony Hopkins, and Joseph Merrick. In the film named John Merrick, who's played by John Hurt, the the legend that is John Hurt, yeah. and um, yeah, it's, it's really about their friendship in a lot of ways. It's a pitifully sad film in a lot of ways. Um, it, it's a film that goes through like a lot of emotions for me. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and I, I, I'll guess I'll guess we'll yeah. delve into this further we go into the past. because, yeah. um, like I say, it's like a bit of a roller coaster. It's, it's, like I say, black and white, Victorian yeah. London. What more can you ask for? <laughs> don't know um, <laughs> a lot more <laughs> yeah I've, I've I've mentioned it before on the show many times myself and David Lynch have a, a difficult relationship not that I know the guy but um, I always want to see his films and I always give his films a try and I'm mm. always disappointed um, right okay yeah. I don't know why but we'll, we'll get into that as we go in because there's elements of this film that I think are less Lynchian than any other film he's made. 
Mm. Maybe that was because it was his second feature film and he was kind of like, you know what, maybe I need to do something a little bit more mainstream before I get on to more weird stuff. But Absolutely, I'm not, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. When did you first see this? So I was in university at the time. So I had just uh, I, I'd graduated from college. Graduated. Um, I left college at the time. Mm. And um, this was around about the time I, I started university. So this was B2014 or so. And um, at the time, my lecturer recommended me the stu- uh, streaming site called Mubi. And right. uh, if you don't know what if you don't know what movie is, it, it's um, like I say, it's a curated streaming service that uh, handpick films from all of, across the world, like world cinema, sometimes different decades, genres, yep. basically the whole gamut. Uh, but the the difference is, is that with movie is that at the time they would give you like a thirty day slot to watch like each and every film right. that they have on there, and after the thirty day limit had been over. Um, they would take one film off and I'd add another film in. Uh, they don't really operate like that now. It's more like a library uh, of every different things. Uh, yeah. So they don't really do that anymore. Um, and when I subscribed to it, the first film that was that I caught that caught my eye, at least, of that day's film was The Elephant Man. Right. Uh, by David Lynch, and yeah. it was it was part of a double bill actually because um, it was The Elephant Man at first. And then the second film was Inland Empire. Right, okay. <laughs> and if you <laughs> and it's if an you interesting double bill. Empire. <laughs> I know. That was my and it's just a bit of context. The Elephant Man was my first David Lynch film. I hadn't seen any of the David Lynch film beforehand. All right, okay. Inland, yeah, was going Inland Empire. That. Yeah. Inland Empire was my second. <laughs> and <laughs> to go with that as your second David Lynch film is a terrible idea to to take. Because yeah. um yeah, it's not the it's it's a hard one. Um, it's a really yeah. hard one. Uh, yeah, That's um, a baptism of fire. That one definitely. <laughs> <laughs> three hours of t- digital video on it. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 not the easiest. Um, no. Um, <laughs> but no, but no. The first one was the Elephant Man, and um, it just had a profound effect on me. Uh, pretty much. Um, uh, because. It, it, it tells into a lot of themes, like of course this theme about friendship, about yeah. um, the human condition, about um, how we how society perceives people who are deemed like outsiders or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. sometimes it's like freaks in, yeah. to use the film's own, own terms. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's just deeply humane. Look at it, and it, it just really had informed me about um, how to obviously take in like humankind as how we are as people, really. Yeah. So yeah, that's like, kind of how it is. Yeah. So, obviously, I, I was going to say, actually, that there's no way that you saw this when it came out of the cinema because you look far too young for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about, yeah, yeah. about a 43-year-old film. I'm older than seeing this. Yeah, but, yeah. Um... <laughs> no way you were around. Um, so you saw it at home, streaming <laughs> site. You were just, so it was just that day's film. You hadn't gone out to go, oh, you know, like, I must see this. It wasn't recommended to you or anything like that. It wasn't. No, you no. No, well, I, like I said, I heard of Lynch before, um, yeah. so I had some knowledge of him, um, and of course I knew some of the cast because Anthony Hopkins, John Hurt, yeah. like name-stain British actors at the yeah. time. So, um, and you know, still out to this day. Yeah. So it was just, it, like I said, it was, it was just a matter of um, seeing that uh, advertised on yeah. the site, and yeah. I just said to myself, "Ooh." Let's give that a shot. Because previously, like, um, favorite films, you know, were like you're talking about Pan's Labyrinth, Flight of El Toro, or, or um, 
uh, to Kill a Mockingbird as well, all yeah. classics in their own right, and they were previous favourites of mine. But I think the thing is with the Elephant Man was just, um, you know, he's a director who I hadn't, you know, experienced anything from before. Let's yep. just drive into this headfirst, see what yep. I make of it. And I came out the other side two hours later, just completely head over heels over it. Yeah. Yeah. I just got intrigued because obviously I'm thinking of streaming sites. I think when you get on a streaming site and there's a list of the films, what you get generally is the poster. Mm. And if you've got the standard Elephant Man poster on that site, it's not an attractive or appealing poster. So what was it that attracted you to the Elephant Man? Was was there a name came up and thought, oh, David Lynch, we're going to try it? Oh. The, the name, um, the thing with movie, yeah. <laughs> no, the thing is with movie is that they don't really sell it by poster. That uh, right. um, it's not like Netflix where it's like an algorithm where they just give you like a whole different like set of like movies for your tastes. Mm. Uh, and you've done a short little survey with movie. It, they just sell you on like the title in like a symbol font, and they're still from the film. All right, okay. So um, I, I can't remember what the still was. It was I think it was the. Uh, Seeing where Bo Frederick Treves is examining him in the uh, the medical board in the medical right, room yes. uh, when they first yeah. obviously meet Joseph Merrick. Yeah. Um. So I think it was that. Like I say, this was like you're talking about um something that's about ten years ago now. Yeah. But it, it, yeah. It, that's it, so. Yeah. I was basically sold on a single image. Really. Right. Okay. So you said it had a profound effect on you watching it. What What is the effect that it had on you? What? Why? Were no, you a... so mm-hmm. affected by it or want to watch it again mm-hmm. um it's because because um usually i don't really tend to uh delve myself personally because i have asperger's by the way so um okay. so and if you don't know what that is it's a mild form of autism so yeah, uh, yeah. um and I, I, that's a whole podcast for uh, it is yeah I, i'm a, yeah, I'm a yeah, teacher yeah. i deal i deal with that type of thing a lot so it's mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of used to it so yeah yeah um it, and obviously, dealing with what I went through in my personal life, um, yeah. uh, with obviously growing up feeling like I was an outsider, mm-hmm. I can kind mm-hmm. of relate to what, uh, well, not necessarily relate, but more like understand or sympathize yes. what like John Merrick was going through in the film. Um, yeah. You know, being heckled at, bullied, um, yeah. essentially just like um, no one understanding him until like obviously Frederick Shreve steps into the frame. Yeah. And um, and that's what I, it took away from me. It 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 just really said it, it was like David Lynch was like holding a mirror up to me, and saying right. like, "Look, this is like uh, what you were experiencing younger days." Obviously, not exactly those words, but um, you know, it it, it just like like I said, I, I could just see like so much of my bit bitter pieces of myself inside these characters in this world. Yeah. Even though it's a completely different context, like I said, Victorian era London. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't work at a shoe shop factory or anything <laughs> like that. Um, I wasn't abused anyway, like well, that form. There was a there, there was a bit of fam- not familiarity per se, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I see where you're coming from. It's that whole. It's seeing just a little bit of your life in something that's not really anything to do with your life, but yeah, the, the similar elements have happened in it. Yeah, I get that. Um, mm. So was it an immediate love then? Was it like, yes, I love this film. This is now on my top 10 films and I'm going to watch hmm. it again as many times as I can. I think it was, yeah. I mean, um, like I say, because it, 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 I think it was like by the 20-minute mark or so that I said, right. hold on, actually, this is actually something really special. Yeah. Um, 
and like I say, it was the scene where Frederick Treves and uh, is examining uh, John Merrick's body in the the medical board, where yeah. he's going through all the different like ailments with his body, like the tumors on his back, the yeah. spine, the enlarged limb proportions, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it was by that point it was just like, and just by how the grafts of uh, how David Lynch was choosing to like film these sequences, yeah, together. So uh, I mean, you have like gorgeous black and white photography by Freddie Francis who um like I said was a director in of itself uh yeah. worked on a, uh, you've also got like horror tinged ideologies to it yeah, yeah, yeah. like for example like the opening sequence it sequence uh yeah. the book ends and ends the film uh yeah and, it, it, and it's just kind of a really a sucker for atmosphere as well yeah and David Lynch always knew how to do that incredibly well yeah I, I mean I was gonna say because I, I mentioned it earlier I've got a difficult relationship with with David Lynch. Um, I think I've said it before on on the podcast. I've I've done a few David Lynch films. Um, I think he's a genius. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows how to put films on the celluloid and make it look good. But I don't think I've ever left one of his films going. I really enjoyed that. So <laughs> to then hear you and hear other people who've picked David Lynch films as a favorite film score, but I do. It's really. Do you yeah. think you're supposed to enjoy this film? Because it's not exactly easygoing material. It's, it's not. It's not. No, I think, um, like I say, I mean, it had a profound effect on me. And like I say, it's a tremendously sad film. Yeah. But I think what, yeah, but I, I think what Lynch is getting at is that, yeah, you're not supposed to enjoy it. I mean, there are bits of it. I mean, when I'm thinking of like the night porter, the night porter scene where obviously the night porter is like exploited, like, yeah, uh, Merrick's deformities. Um, uh, Treves confronts him in like the uh, I think it's like the boiler room or something like that. Something um, like that, yes. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously they have like a massive argument, and you know Treves just points his finger at him, saying that you are the monster. Really, yeah. it's not. It's not like people who have like you know different torn skins or anything like that, or like massive complexions. It's people who just like look like you and me. Yeah. who can like take advantage of other people and um and the the best thing that and the great thing about that scene that ends with uh i believe it's like um it's not Anne bancroft but it's like the nurse who like whacks him over the head with a, a parcel at the very end yeah <laughs> which i think is a, a great yeah. um there's like i say but it's like filled with all those different tidbits that i, I just kind of love like i say you've kind of been on a journey yeah of itself over the course of these two hours with both like Treves, like understanding yeah. uh, Merrick's situation, and Merrick like not really knowing how to cope with it or deal with it, or yeah. and being a prisoner of his own uh, condition, really. Yeah, and 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 that's what it informed formed about me. It, it's just it's like I say, it's not. I, I don't think it's meant to be enjoyed, but I think you're supposed to take away from it like a great degree of understanding about this. Yeah, and possibly about anyone who's got any type of deformity illness mm. anything that's that's classed as being different to the norm i suppose yeah uh, disability in, yeah. In, yeah 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 in um it's yeah I, I get that i understand that i see where you're coming from with it completely so it's you mentioned there about black and white mm. now I, I i've read a little bit about this and obviously the black and white was apparently fought for by mel brooks because mel brooks yeah. was was a producer of, of this book Kept his name off the credits because everyone thought Mel Brooks at the time yeah. is a satirical <laughs> comedy 
What's he going to be? Guy. Yeah. yeah. The Elf Man with Mel, Mel Brooks can be great. <laughs> you know? The Elephant Man sounds like a barrel of laughs. And then they yeah. go into it. It sounds <laughs> like a really weird sad drama. What do you think the black and white brings to this? I think it heightens the, well, firstly, the Victorian atmosphere. Yeah. Um, Totally, because um, like I said, we, we, we were talk- just talking then about David Lynch being like a great technic- technician of mm. film. So like how how he uses sound design, how he uses cinematography, um, how he uses the score, for instance, um, yes. and like blends them all in together. I think if you if you did this in color, I I think it would kind of nullify some of the gothicism of it in a yeah. weird way, um, or neutralize it. Uh, um, and that's not to say that. You know, David Lynch can't use color. I mean, just like a couple of years later, he released Blue Velvet, and Blue Velvet yeah, yeah. has like you know great sequences and massive color. color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. especially in like the yard sequence and, and things like that with the ear. Yeah. Um, and it makes it pop. Um, with this, of course, it's like a much different film. Of course, he's in a, a different location. He's in London. Yeah. It's, like I say, it's the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. So. Um, and it just makes a great a deal of sense because it's kind of like a window into the past as well. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's so it, it, it naturally just kind of just makes sense to shoot it in black and white. So, for my money, it, it just it just works. It works properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah it works I, properly. I must admit, I feel very similar myself, but black and white on this. But also, I've I've only ever seen the the grainy sort of original version. Um, mm. I know there's now a 4K restoration of it, which is mm. you know. I'm sure it looks beautiful, and the the trailer I saw looks beautiful. But do you not think the sort of the grainy black and white effect that that original film does exactly what you say better that it brings it up? Do you think the 4K restoration is is any better? Have you seen it in that format? Uh, um, I have seen um because uh, for uh, for the purpose of this podcast, I, d- I did have to revisit it again because well, obviously it makes <laughs> sense. I mean, I can't go yeah. off my memory. Um, so yeah, so I I bought um. Uh, the Studio Canal Blu-ray from 2020, I believe. Right, okay. So I think that might be the same 4K restoration you're on about, actually. It could be, yeah. Or just like, or just like a slightly downgraded version. Yeah, released was, as like, a, the 40th anniversary, I think it was. Yeah, so it, it yeah, will yeah. be that. Yeah, yeah. So, no, um, so, yeah, and like I say, I mean, I, I, like I say, I'm kind of a sucker for, like, new restorations anyway <laughs> of, like, films. So uh, whenever one comes out of, like, a favourite of mine, uh, like a really obscure film that no one's heard about, <laughs> I just immediately think, great, I could stick that on <laughs> and buy it. And then it, it could sit on my shelf for, like, for, for, like, a good few years before I actually get around to watching it, which yeah. is how how it always is um, yeah yeah i've got a few dvds on my shelf from exactly the same thing oh i'll, I'll buy that it'd be great and now it sits there for ages yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it, it, it's always always the same and um but with, yeah like i said with with the elephant man and with the restoration that they've done on it um like i say it just adds to that horror atmosphere it adds right. to like the like, clarity of the image and when you see like uh jo- john merrick um built up through suspense because he's not like built in straight away no no he's built in through shadows and i, I think yeah. that was like a, 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 a one of the purposes of david lynch to do he wanted like him to be slowly introduced through mm. shadow through the obviously distinguished cloak and the the little large hat and the hood and yeah. with the one eye eye opening yeah. um and it kind of just adds to the drama of it, I think. Right, okay. Just, like the the clarity of the image, of course, of like I say, the atmosphere. Um, yeah. 
when you see like the stalls of Victorian era London, obviously the you know where where you see like dead pig carcasses like hanging from the stalls, all the yeah. all the lovely come, stuff, yeah, all the lovely stuff, yeah. It's <laughs> it's just it just adds to the overall feel to the movie, and I, I think it, yeah, it's yeah, it's a gorgeous restoration as well. So, yeah. Wait, yeah, so does it make does it make it scarier then, or does it make it? Gorier in that you can now see everything much clearer than you could in the. So let's say the version I, I've seen and the version I watched again for this, mm-hmm. fairly grainy, and I don't know whether that's just because it's an old copy of the DVD that I have from mm-hmm. a long time ago. Certainly, it was it predates the 40th anniversary. Um, is that yeah? Because that's the thing; it's not necessarily one of David Lynch's scariest films. No, it's but, not scary. Really, it, it, it's, it's not scary at all. I mean. Other than like, like I say, three scenes, one in the start, one in the yeah. and one in the middle, really, yeah. um, which involves like the nightmare of uh, John Merrick's mother. Yes, um, and and apparently there was context to that, um, which I'll, I'll get onto in a minute when we get to the historical accuracy part of this film. But um, <laughs> carry, yeah, but, but carry on, um, yeah, um, but yeah, like I said, it has parts of it that are freakish, yes, in a weird way. Um, that do get under your skin, and some performances that get under your skin. I mean, look at um, the main antagonist of this film, who's played by um, Freddie Jones, I believe, who plays yes. Mr. Bites. Yes, yes. Who has that sinister yeah. air to him. Who you just want to deck in the face, basically. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, who, who just, like, exploits Merrick for his deformities, his ailments. Yeah. And then, obviously, when Treves obviously retrieves him and tries to, like, Give back his humanity piece by piece by piece. Yeah. Um, that's when you start to notice that there's really something sinister about the guy. Cause then he just kind of it, it's kind of like that broken relationship with that man's character, with the the bites character that it, you know, he just like goes over to like the hospital and just like basically just like can't cope without him, can't yeah. cope without his, the other half. He, you know, he in a cliche kind of way, he completes the other. So yeah, yeah. and yeah. It, it, yeah, it's 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 got a creepy air to it that I find that does truly unnerve you, like any David Lynch film, would, even yes. like his like even like his most um, you know accessible film. And I think this is one of his more accessible ones. Definitely, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, uh, can get can do that to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he has got a. A brilliant way of unnerving you just by, I guess, the way he films things, the way he shows things. Even as you said, for the sound design can be mm. really unnerving. I mean, um, I think probably it's good to, talking about bites is a good time to come into sort of historical accuracies on this. Um, mm. How, um, presumably, obviously, you weren't aware of the story beforehand. So, no, has, it, no. has it made you look into the story of, as it was Joseph Merrick's life, not John, Joseph, but Joseph, Joseph yeah. Merrick. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It did. It, it, it totally did. Just to because um, it's, 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 it's a, like I say, it's a fascinating life um, yeah. in terms of like medical history and medical discovery. Yeah. And obviously, who's he's progressing on that? Um, but the thing is, is that you know Lynch took a lot of liberties with the script. Yeah, and I don't think it was always <laughs> pre-written like that. So um, by I, I can't remember the screenwriter's names for the life of me. Um, but yeah, it was like I say. There's a lot of accuracies. Like for one, it was Joseph Merrick, not John Merrick, and it, apparently yeah. that was like taken from the original Treves memoir that this was based on. Yeah. Um, apparently, he wanted to keep like some anos- an, uh, uh, um, amnesty with um, Joseph Merrick, so he changed the name to John. Because so attempt- different. It, 
in, in, in an attempt to <laughs> to keep to, to to like I say, uh, uh, which really didn't do anything. Yeah. Really left um, his surname there, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but no. Um, so yeah, there, there has been liberties taken. Um, yeah, because Bites, Bites himself didn't exist, did he? He's, he's he based on know. Bill Sykes, isn't he? From Oliver. Bill Sykes, yeah, well, yeah, partly well, that's that. That's what um, I'd read. <laughs> yeah. Partly that, but he was he was based on Tom Norman, who right. um, who was a, a ringmaster. But the thing is, with Tom Norman, was that um, Merrick he didn't bites didn't necessarily exploit exploit him as yeah. well. Norman didn't exploit Merrick, the real Merrick, as bites does in the film. Yeah, from what I understand, um, Merrick obviously was obviously shrouded by his deformities. He was like he was really taken at all, taken aghast by his appearance. Yeah. Um, he decided because you know as Victorian era London and he was broke and everything like that. He actually went uh, went up to Norman and just said to him, "Look, I need a bit of extra money. I need some. Let's strike a deal and make a, a show out of this." Yeah, which is you know, which is kind of like the, the Victor- that attitude of the time, really. Um, yeah. yeah, which is uh, especially for a person of his appearance and his character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, so it made sense in that way. Yeah. Because he made quite a money from, as they call it in the film, freak shows. Because mm. um, I think he was he was fairly wealthy at the time that he actually met up with Travis. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. So yeah, so it's 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 completely not like that in the film. And from, no. obviously, when we get into like um, images of historical accuracy, that historical accuracy doesn't tend to bother me. No, in, at all in films because it's it's a film. It's like it it's not a documentary. Yeah. So, it, it it just completely works like kind of um totally different. I get I get that it's a, like a reworked version of real life events. Yes, that's yeah. there to deliver a message. So it yeah, so yeah. it doesn't bother me at all. And do you think it delivers that message properly? And well? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so because um like I said, there's, there's a great deal of humanity to it. Um, yeah, like I said, between you know even from the performances alone. Um, like I said, Anthony Hopkins. You know, by this point, um. Obviously, you know, Anthony Hopkins is like the softly spoken doctor who, um, yeah. you know, from what I've read, he, he dismissed the performance very early on uh, because he wanted to, because obviously, from what we know, he would, uh, you know, the, the flip side to like Dr. Treves is obviously Hannibal Lecter. Yes, of course. Yeah. It's a completely different character. But um, Treves is like very softly spoken, obviously. Yes. Not necessarily understand. It's deeply. It's a deeply complex relationship between the two of them. When we first meet after the medical examination with John Merrick, and you know, obviously unable to speak, unable to talk, unable yep. to move properly, yeah, he takes a cab back home to get to uh, to bite. And Hopkins just immediately says to uh, his higher up, played by um, Sir John Gilgood, yeah, I-, I believe it's gone. Um, he says to him, "Yes, uh, l- look, I think that look, the man's an imbecile." Um, through and through but then it's his course of the attitude that changes over time when he gets to know Merrick yeah uh, whether it's through the hospital beds where he's like in the where Merrick's in the isolation ward and you know he's like talking to him about look we're going to show you that you are not just a wall at one point you are a human being with yeah. a human thought but I, we need to build that yeah and it's like I say it's just restoring that humanity bit by bit by bit that really did you know strike a chord with me because it's like that that building of relationships that I just think is like not perfect in this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's have a quick stop there. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, it's myfavoritefilmpodcast at gmail.com. 
On Twitter, you can find me at my fave film. On Instagram, it's at my favorite film podcast. I should have really got all those things the same, but do you know I didn't? Um, Facebook, you search up my favorite film. We are all over Facebook somewhere along the line and letterbox but I can't remember my handle for that. Um, all of those links are on the website, www.myfavoritefilm.com. And I have to keep mentioning uh, the Craig Will collaboration, who have written and performed our lovely new theme tune. Their new album, Long Way Home, is available by stream, download, whatever you want. That all good and bad music outlets. Aiden, is there anything you want to sell at this point? Uh, no, um, yeah, uh, like I say, you can find me basically wherever you get uh, the geek, whatever geeks your podcasts you can get, find me on. Like I've appeared on Pop Screen, I've appeared on uh, Directors on Uh but most of the time you can find me on Letterboxd under the username Aiden F. Um, cool. Uh, we have point, plus countless reviews these days uh, <laughs> when I'm not working. Um, other than that, you can find me on Twitter. I'm under the username Docker and Drummer, where I just kind of sell myself there, uh, really. So a lot of my reviews there and just my general thoughts on all sorts, really. Cool. Well, I'll put links into the show notes. So if anyone wants that type of stuff, hey, they can get in touch with you and tell you mm-hmm. what they think the Elephant Man may be. I don't know. <laughs> Let's get into the film then. So we've talked around the sort of outside of it and that type of thing. These are the sort of the basic questions of my podcast, the ones that I always ask. So who is your favourite character and why? Ugh. Yeah, I mean... This changes from each viewing. I can so, imagine. <laughs> yeah. So um, if you asked me this question, like 2014, when I first saw it on a movie, it would have been like, it would have been either Treves or Merrick. Yeah. For understandable reasons, because they've, they've been, you know, the characters have been explored uh, through various discussions of the film since it was released in 1980. So yeah, yeah it, it, there's that. Um, lately, um, after this third rewatch, because I've seen the film three times now, and I would say right now it's probably Anne Treves, uh, played by Hannah Gordon, who's right, Treves' okay. wife. And the reason why I say that is because the first time she meets up with Merrick, um, obviously this is at the part of the film where uh, both Frederick and John have like established a relationship, yeah, yeah. got a good connection going with each other. Yeah. And every other, uh, every other woman in the film prior to this one scene that he has with the wife that Merrick has with the wife, they kind of they've either looked away in fear of like screamed out the room and ran and legged yeah. it pretty much. Yeah. Um and when the wife when Anne Treves first meets up with Merrick, they obviously take a good handshake. Merrick introduces herself. And for the first time she doesn't uh the look on like Craig Gordon's face isn't of denial. It isn't of you know isn't of denial. Isn't of um I'm trying to think of the word now. <laughs> like <laughs> of scaredness. Yeah, 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 fright- yeah. yeah frightness. Um, yeah. she isn't frightened of her appearance. She isn't like running away screaming or anything like that. She just accepts him yeah. of who he is and how he is, uh, from no fault of his own. And for the first time, like John Hurt like breaks down into tears at this at this yes. mere thought. Uh, you know, someone so like beautiful as her has just completely accepted him with open arms. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's those that I love that like like um, those interactions that just like, kind of speak volumes for who yeah. these people are and what they stand for. Yeah, and what the views are, and that, and that it, links. It, yeah, that links so well to what you were saying at the start about how this film's about acceptance and how you have almost mm. got something from it from your own personal experiences in there that 
to mm. see someone that is just suddenly accepting completely of someone, mm. regardless of what they look like. It's yeah, yeah, I like that. Mm. That's that's a really good answer. That's that's better than the standard answers you get. You know, <laughs> oh well, the main character he's and this that's different. Is it's she's not actually mm. got that big a part in the film really. No, not really. She's only got a handful of scenes. Like, yeah. um, like I said, that there's also the scene where um, Treves, uh, Frederick Treves, that is, talks to her about um, am I as big as monster as bites? Basically, yeah, yeah. Because you know, you know, bites has made a career being a con man and like swindling people for money for this kind of thing. Yeah. But whereas I, I might have you know nourished the relationship a bit, but have I, have I put him in greater danger than he already is? You know, yeah. than he was before. So yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, like I say, it's just like, I, I think like the, who the smaller people are around yeah. this film informs a lot of what the Elephant Man is Yeah, outside of like Hopkins and Hurt. Yeah. Well, that could mean that this next question becomes superfluous because it's probably going to be the same answer, but mm-hmm. who gives the best performance? Oh, right. Okay. Um, can I say everyone? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't say everyone. Wrong... That's cheating. No, oh, 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 right. Okay, no. Um, uh, you could pick two or three. I think. Oh, right. Okay. Um, like I said, Hannah Gordon's great, but um, yeah. uh, Amphrey Hopkins and John Hurt. Like, yeah. like I said, we'll get into like the most iconic scenes later. But um, I would say for, again, Freddie Jones because of how like creepy and sinister he is. Yeah, yeah. And he just really gets under your skin. I think as a He's not necessarily. He's not really brought up in conversations like a classic Lynch antagonist. I mean, if you were to go there, like say Frank Booth from Blue Velvet or someone like that, yeah, yeah, who's like completely like evil through and through. Yeah. Whereas there's a lot more. It's not completely like that. Bites. And uh, yeah. And um, but if you really think, if I really think about it now, I would say John Gilgood. As yeah. the as the uh, the Gorm character who basically Treves is higher up, who yeah. um, says to Treves like uh, when he first meets him, look, uh, this guy that you brought into the isolation ward, uh, are you saying he's incurable? And basically he says yes, pretty much. Yeah. So why don't you send him to like the hospital of incurables of people who like have conditions that, uh, let's face it, they can't be cured of their you know, the disabilities, yeah. their ailments, their yeah. diseases, whatever, you know. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it is basically, it, it, like I say, like the, the <laughs> like the previous character of who's your favourite character and why it changed yeah. from screen to screening. But if you yeah. were asking me this question on this rewatch, I'd definitely see John, Sir John Gielgud. Yeah, yeah. he, he was an old school classic British actor who just oh, yeah. like knew, knew what he was doing. Yeah. 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 I think as well, he's one of those people that people forget is probably in this film because Anthony Hopkins mm. is, and John Hurt are the ones who go, oh, yeah, Anthony Hopkins is brilliant. That John Hurt's brilliant. That people brilliant forget that, about yeah. people like um, Gielgud. Yeah, yeah, the smaller one, people. Yeah. yeah. And, and like I said, John Gielgud was just as massive at the time as Hurt is now. Oh, yeah. Anthony Hopkins is now. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Have you got a favourite scene or a list of favourite scenes? I mean, there like, the can't be just yeah. one favourite scene because that's really difficult. It's, but, it's really hard. Yeah, because... There's multiple scenes in this in the Elephant Man that, uh, like I say, is just profoundly affecting and deeply yeah. touching and moving. I mean, uh, and th- th- there was a few that I wrote down. I mean, of course, the fav- famous one is obviously when John Merrick has came across, came out of. Um, uh, I think it's like after he's been abducted by uh, Bites to play some shows in Europe. Yeah, obviously that hasn't that's fallen through completely by the wayside, and he manages to escape. 
yeah. and goes back to London. I think it's Liverpool Street that they shot up, Liverpool Street uh, Station. Could be, yes. Uh, yeah, um, and it's the famous scene where um, obviously he's get chased down by the mob of yeah. people. Yeah. Um, obviously starts off pretty, not necessarily innocently, uh, just basically these two kids like use spitballs to fire yeah. at him and obviously catches, obviously his costume. Obviously this kid sees his costume for the first time and then they just immediately says, oh, hold on, um, I can do something to this fella that, you know, no one else can think of. Yeah. And that progressively gets worse and it gets worse. Yeah. And worse until like a whole mob of them have descended onto him and like he's like basically chased to the other side of the station. Yeah. Uh and cornered him. Obviously, they've taken the hood off by this point. And yeah. like I say, you truly see like his condition as yeah. is. Yeah. Playing in front of you. And he's like completely terrified. Yeah. Is that one of the first it, times we see him in full? This was fairly later on. Yeah. Um, this was like I think after we've established him as a character, so this would have been like the start of the third act, I would say. Yeah, it could be, couldn't it? Yeah. I was just trying to think whether it was like the shock moment where it's like we're now seeing him properly for the first time, but I couldn't remember mm. if it was or not. Yeah. No, yeah, no, it's slightly later on. Um, and then it's the famous I am not an animal. Yeah. I am a real human being. And the ferocious roar of John yeah. Hurt's voice. Yeah. It's just incredible. It's just like yeah. I've when I first saw that scene, it was just like like I've been hit by a freight train. Yeah, yeah. Performance. Because John Hurt was just an extraordinary talent yeah. at doing that. And you're talking about a performance here where he's caked on with like, <laughs> yeah. God knows how much makeup. Um, <laughs> apparent, from what I heard, it was like seven, half, seven hours worth of makeup. Uh, I can imagine get, very easily, get, yeah. Just to get an accurate display of Merrick's deformities. Yeah. 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 And then to give a performance like that with that type of stuff caked on is, is fairly impressive. It's, very impressive, incredibly hard to do. Yes. Another thing. It, it, yeah. yeah, it's just like, and just to get it in performance out like that, it's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that that is a, a strong, strong scene. I mean, that's probably the one that... The famous one that everyone Yeah, most about. people yeah. will know. Is, have you got a, a one that, I don't know, people might not know as well, and you can, mm. can kind of go, that one's a really good scene because of this, 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 but people mm. forget about it. I'm trying to think because I've seen this film like three times now, and yeah, yeah. every time there's there's always some something that I pick up on. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like I said, the smaller scene where um, Treves and his wife like yeah. discuss whether or not you know he's the monster or not, yeah, or who's the real monster. I mean, really did um, inform me uh, yeah. this time around because that did because each time when I come back to the album, like I said, I'll just like pick on on something new. Um, there's also the bit where, um, obviously there's the scene where, um, Merrick, after he's, um, taken away by bites for the second time, mm. um, he gets, fro- yeah, it happens a lot. <laughs> bites, um, obviously t- demands him to get up from the stage. Um, obviously be like my performing monkey, be my performing monkey. Dance, yeah, yeah. dance. Um, he throws himself into a cage with all the animals and just basically like, and obviously Lynch is like comparing him to like the wheelings of a monkey or a lion yeah, uh, behind the bars and everything. And um, and there's a great little bit of humility where um, all the other performers of Bites' sideshow, whether it be like um, like the tall woman, the bearded lady or yeah. um, the dwarfs, one of them played by um, Kenny Baker actually. R2-D2. Oh, is it? Yeah, R2-D2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it's a great little scene. It's great seeing him there because he's yeah. just so, again, he's another person who, let's face it, is a very small, like I say, very small performance and very, yeah. and obviously not to say that of his stature, but very, yeah, I know, you know what mean, yes. yeah, 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 small, <laughs> small performance. But, um, he gives like such a humility to her and just says to him, Look, we'll get you out of here. We promised you that. Yeah. And obviously, you know, managed to get him out with, through the lock and the key, like break yeah. get him out and um, like see him off into the next journey, yeah. the next like stroke of life. And that, I, like I say, it's like little parts like that that really do like, like you can pick apart and like see like so many yeah. different meanings and like, yeah, it, it, it's just like a well informed, lovely part, really. Yeah. I mean, there are, there's, Scenes like that are the ones that make you think that everyone actually is accepting of him, regardless of mm-hmm. what what they are, who they are. There's enough people out there that are accepting of his condition. And it is, it's that yeah. thing that, that speaks to everyone who's got any type of condition at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's well-informed film, considering in 1980, mm-hmm. as a country, as a, a world, we weren't particularly good at being no, we, it, like that and accepting of anyone and let alone no. in Victorian times you know so yeah. Oh, yeah god the Victorian times were rife with that so it was a horrible <laughs> place to be alive um yeah, yeah. um yeah. so but yeah, yeah. Say, even even 1980 we weren't that good at it so yeah mm. it's a, a, yeah. a, a bit ahead of its time possibly yeah. possibly yeah I mean and especially for like Lynch's second film, because but yeah. prior to this, it was a razor head, and a razor head is <laughs> completely different. It's wild. Um, but there is no comparison between this film and a razor head, other than the fact they're both black and white. That's it. Yeah, I think other, that, other than that, it's like no, they're just completely mm. different. I mean, razor head is. Um, I really hope no one ever picks it as their favorite film because I don't know how I would discuss it because I don't even know. <laughs> If I know what it's about, I think it's one of the Lynch films mm. I've gone back to a couple of times and just gone. I should like Still this. Don't know. I don't. I don't know if I do or why. What yeah, it's a weird film. Weird film. I know. I yeah. I definitely wouldn't start that as a starting off point with Lynch because no. it's it's a, it's a bad idea, um, especially with um, how like like I say surreal he gets and how yeah. terrifying his films can be oh, at yeah, the same yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, and there's like I said, there's parts to the Elephant Man where. Um, it's like the straight story, and and I have to admit, like I've heard that like the straight story is like one of his more accessible films. Yes, it that's is, one yeah. of the ones. That's one of the ones I still haven't seen yet, so right. I, I can't comment. Yeah. And um, but like I say, you've got flavors of Lynch, but infused with a biography of an account of something that really yeah. happened. Obviously, the bit he's taken. Um, yeah, that it's like I say, well informed, well nurtured, well yeah. crafted, yeah, and just just moves along at a rapid pace. That by the time the tw- uh, two hour marks over you finished it all yeah and it's just like oh my god that was amazing you know yeah i mean you must admit you don't feel the two hour running time sometimes you do feel no. with films that you know two hours oh it's gonna be two hours two hours <laughs> in black and white and it's a biography it's gonna be really but actually it's not it does it clips it's along it's, it's well edited to get it to um where it needs mm. to be and it gets you the yeah. story um, it gets you yeah yeah definitely yeah any other favorite scenes? Any other scenes that you think? Uh, uh, got to mention this one. Got to mention this one. I'm trying to think off the top of my head again. Like, like I say, I've just seen, I've just revisited the film, and I can't. Remember. Uh, <laughs> um, always the same myself. Yeah, <laughs> you got right um, notes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I would um, know what you wouldn't know about it, not me. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think um, obviously, definitely the, the the scene where um, both Americans 
uh, Treves like communicate with each other. Yeah, uh, for the very very first time, because prior to what we see of Merrick, he just um, is completely just doesn't know how to communicate with people. No, he doesn't know how to communicate. He doesn't understand like languages, barriers, or anything like that. Yeah. But then, obviously, when Treves comes up to him and just basically says, look, we're going to show up, because the nurse leaves a backhanded, pretty much insult that the guy's a wall. He doesn't know yeah. how to communicate. And uh, Treves just immediately says to him, look, we're going to show them you're not just a wall. You are yeah. a human being, if you're yeah. on thoughts. So he just goes through a simple way to introduce him to, obviously, his higher-ups later on. Hello, my name is John Merrick. Yeah. And it's that slow build up through the slurs of John Hurt's performance of yeah. like, yeah, like I say, the slurs, the, the even the like the eyes of like desperation in his voice. It's like a masterclass of acting. Oh, through, yeah. Like we say before, like this heavily kicked on makeup. Yeah, that I amazing. don't know how we got through. Yeah. It's amazing that you can actually get that type of performance through all that, as you said, as we've mm. said. It, it's, yeah. Um, so you've you mentioned some amazing scenes there and actually some. Classic lines. Is there a, a favorite line you've got from the whole film? Is the one that, other than you know? I'm not I am an not an animal. Yeah. I'm I mean, a real human. Yeah, yeah, which everyone, like I say, uh, picks apart. There, there was a few that I picked up on actually. Um, of course, there's the the bit at the end, the t- very tail end, where um, and I, I take it you do spoilers on this podcast. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, that's fine. Then that's fine. Um, where, where, Mer- <laughs> where Merrick dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, to be honest, if you haven't seen the Elephant Man at this point, forty three years on, there's something wrong. You must know. Yeah. What- you know. it, it, yeah, I mean, it, and it follows on from real life as well. So because yeah. he, de- he, de- he did die very, very yeah. young, he did. Um, where it's the recite of the poem at the very end, where the stream flows. That I can't. I'm paraphrasing here. So no, the stream flows, the river flows, uh, yeah. the wind blows, but nothing will die. Yeah. Which is like a very tip, the te- the cherry on the very top of like this tremendously emotional film. Yeah, it just bookends it. Partly, and it, I just think it's the perfect ending for that. Yeah, a one off. Yeah, it's 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 a really nice ending. It, it it's nice ending. It's not a nice ending because the poor guy dies. But I guess you know yeah. that coming into it, most people probably would. Um, mm. It is there a sort of a scene that is a real turn off for you? One that you not because it's horrific mm. or it's just you don't think it works within the film. I don't know really. Um... Because there's never, whenever I've retraced the Elephant Man, there's never, there's never been a scene like that where mm. I've have thought that way, and there have been like scenes beforehand where I just think, oh, that's a bit imperfect or anything like that for yeah. like someone who raised it on Letterbox like five stars. I mean, uh, I can't think of like a specific example off the top of my head. No, uh, at the at this moment in time, but um, but with the Elephant Man, no, not really. I can't really think of that far ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 very well edited yeah. and put together. It, it clips along, so maybe it, it's all that nonsense stuff, or the bits that don't work have been cut out. They've been well edited to get rid of them. So yeah, mm, yeah. maybe it is. Yeah, like, yeah. Like I say, I can't, I can't really think of anything no. uh, off the top of my head. I mean, I mean, if you would ask me of like any other David Lynch film, like say for example, <laughs> Wild at Heart, which was the wow. film that, uh, which is a wild film. Yeah, it's a film I like, but it's not a film I love. No, largely because it's. I have. To, I do think that one's a bit flawed because it, it just like tails along. It goes through a massive conga line of all these different interactions. Yeah, you really have a defining sense of who these people are. No, of why. It, yeah, it, it doesn't quite work for me that one. That's a really slow film, but it's possibly 
one of his more accessible films by the same token. Again, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's and less again, surreal it's... than a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's... Um... It's, it, again and again, that's a, a one that I think. Again, I I I like plenty. I respect. Yeah. Uh, but I don't love. It's it. Yeah. yeah and, and there's always going to be like that. Yeah. Um. But like I say, the Elephant Man. I've never came to that conclusion right. of where there's a terrible scene or a badly made scene because everything that I've seen from it is just like complete. Like like you were saying before, well put together. Yeah. Um. And yeah, just it it just works for me. Yeah. Um, it, uh, yeah, like I say, it, it does. I think it's um, a very, very well put together film. As I said earlier, with a lot of Lynch films, and this is possibly one of them. I think it's a brilliant film, but I just, mm-hmm. I've never left it going, yeah, I must go and watch that again. I, and it, I like you, I, I think I've seen it more than three times, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. But I've never left it going, I'm going to watch that again very, very soon. I've always gone, I'll probably revisit yeah. it at some point in the future, but I'm not sure when. Because that's the thing. I mean, with the Elephant Man, I mean, there's been favorite films of mine where I have been revisiting yeah. them time and time again. Like everyone, yeah. I've seen the the first Godfather like about a lot of times. I can't recall <laughs> how many times. I've <laughs> like I've I've seen it on like you know streaming VHS, yeah, VHS yeah, yeah. And record the video clips, um, yeah. DVD, Blu-ray. You know, I've I've seen it countless times. But with the Elephant Man, when I do revisit it. I've always kind of missed it in a weird way. Right. There's something yeah. like over like the course of time when I do revisit it, and it's not a film I revisit often. No. But when I do revisit it, every time it's been special. Right. Because it like I say, it's whether that's through like through the filmmaking itself, yeah, through the performances, through the storyline, through the characters, through anything, through its themes, even. Yeah. And the conversations that I've had with people around it. Um like I say, it's it, it it just completely every time that I have revisited it, it there's just something that I've missed that I just need to go back and catch something new with it. Yeah, and I guess that's what makes it your favorite film. That when you do go back to watching it, you go, actually, you know, what? I missed not watching this film. I'm really mm-hmm. glad I'm watching it again because if you got to it and went, I'll rewatch that and gone. Huh dull it's never going to be your favorite film it's not going to be something yeah. you want to do so yeah and it, it like i said and i can understand that point of view but it, uh, like i say it's never been dull for me yeah especially with like the, those it's a simple interaction between it's crystal clear it knows yeah. what it wants to do yeah knows how to get it across and like i said you've got all this extraordinary talent backing behind it you've got that, yeah yeah I, that's what i was going to get onto now because obviously it has got an amazing talent behind it um but it's 40 years old um mm-hmm. and hollywood they just love it at the moment, remaking films. They do. So, <laughs> if they were going to remake The Elephant Man, which, to be honest with you, I hope they don't, because I don't think it will no, work. No, please don't. <laughs> no, I don't think it will work. Is there anyone you think of you could cast in those main sort of characters, you know, John Hurt and Anthony Hopkins and Gil Good? <laughs> oh, um... Mm. Yeah, actually, asking anyone to fill those shoes is a big ask, anyway. But is, is it? It's it, yeah, and this is why it can't work, really. Um, ah, like I say, it's hard because I'm trying to think of like actors of the heyday, of like people who like Anthony Hopkins's age now when he filmed The Elephant Man oh, or John yeah. Hurt. So that's that's the issue, and I can't really think of anyone to be honest filling those boots. Um. No. Like I say, if, if 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 there's a remake of it, um, I can't imagine like Hollywood doing it. I mean, no, stage plays, 
yeah. stage plays definitely you know because yes. I, I remember like um i think bradley cooper cited this as one of his favorites as well which is why he did it on the west end mm. um i think on the on the west end and like obviously like the the the, um, the uh the players over in uh america as well uh wherever he's from like la um, things like that yeah so um so, but if it were to be remade, I kind of imagine like maybe a broadcaster picking it up over here, like the BBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's funny you bring that up because I I did like look it up just not that long ago. Apparently, there was supposed to be um another ab- adaptation of the Alfred Man with All Charlie right. Heaton from right. Stranger Things, which is a very interesting choice. Yeah, uh, yeah. For what, yeah, for whatever reason that never that never came to fruition. It just fell through through the cracks. Yeah. But I'd be curious of how the BBC would uh, approach it if it was like a miniseries. I know? think that, yeah, they'd do it as a miniseries, wouldn't they? They'd, um, mm. they'd stretch it an awful lot, probably more than it needs to be stretched as well. That'd be the problem. You'd yeah, probably end yeah up that six, would be a thing. Six hours, wouldn't you, instead of two? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and for my money, I think that's kind of the only way that I could see it working, yeah. really. I think if you were to remake it under, like, um, like I say, like, under like a Hollywood lens, yeah, I think it would be a bit of a fool's errand, really. Yeah, but that's just my sick of the mud. I mean, you know, if you ask this question to like someone else who also thinks the Alpha Man's is uh, <laughs> his favorite film or her favorite film, they, they would give you a completely different answer. Well, like, yeah, say, I, yeah. I mean, I, I must admit, I'm, I'm, I always ask this question about remakes because I'm kind of at a point where I'm sick of remakes. Mm. I, I kind of think stop remakes, stop make something original. There's so many. So many books, so many novels that are released mm. every day. Why can't they find something new? Even if it's looking at the literature that's out there, that there's got to be new stories every day. Yeah. And yet we just keep get the same films being made again. The remake I mean, of Lord of the Rings, what's that all about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, trust me, I've known... Um, are you on about Rings of Power there? Or... No, no, they're actually remaking are they? <laughs> Lord of the Rings, the trilogy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Why? There's no need to do that, you know. Well, it's it's it's, it's weird because um, if anything, like uh, uh, I mean, I've always kind of thought this time and again, remaking the not so good films, yeah, is not is actually probably a bit more beneficial because take for example, Doom. Yes, recently because obviously we t- again we're tying this into David Lynch because the film yeah. he made after course, The Alpha yeah. Man was Doom, yeah, and that backfired tremendously, yeah. Because um, for, for for all different reasons, because like <laughs> of condensing Frank Herbert's Dune into like one film is like a terrible idea. It was never going to work, was it? No. Um, but then when you look at Denis Villeneuve's new version, yeah, yeah, and how he's taken the approach, yeah, um, with Part One, Dune Part One, which I, I just thought was incredible. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, and how he took it, and it was a lot more sensible decision, and yeah. how he took it. And how he cast it, and how he expanded upon it with the sandworms and all these different the law of Frank Herbert's Dune, it just yeah. completely worked. Yeah, for what the story he was trying to tell and that matter. So, like I say, I, th- I think it's not the fact of like you know, it, I'm completely in agreement there with um, like remaking again and again and again, bring yeah. something new or original to the story. But at the same time, I think you should focus on the films that. And not necessarily bad, but uh, misfires. Yeah, fair enough. So this one, because it <clears> wasn't a misfire, leave it alone. It won its awards. It was, <clears> you know, it's classed as a classic. It's out there. So It's out there. It's, re- it's readily yeah. available. It's not hard to yeah. seek out. It's not, so, no. Yeah. No. no, it's right. not now. Okay. <clears throat> um, 
I was going to ask, but I'm not going to ask. I've decided to scrap that question. I'll leave that one. <laughs> I, I, no, I will. I <laughs> I can see this being the type mm-hmm. of film that would become a musical version, especially <laughs> it, possibly it's the Mel Brooks influence. I know that's there. I could see Mel Brooks going, do you know what? I can revisit The Alfred Man and I could make this as a musical. It'd be great. Do mm. you think that's the only way of doing it? If you're going to redo The Elephant Man, you have to almost send it up and parody it by mm-hmm. making a musical version. Would that then work, do you think? You know, if you if you asked me this question before I saw this rewatch, <laughs> I would have said a hard no. But then the more I looked at because it, Gav sends these uh, questions as a PDF <laughs> document, so I looked at that question again after watching the film, and I said, actually, yeah, it could. Because some musicals out there have a really dark undercurrent. Yeah, absolutely. Some really dark, messed up things in musicals. I mean, I'm I'm just thinking of, like, Parts of Chicago, Dancer in the Dark, you know, yeah. things like that. And it's yeah. just like, and they have like incredible dark, incredibly yeah. dark territory, you know. Even The Great Showman, you know, mm. which deals yeah. that same sort of circus lifestyle that, that's in the, the freak shows at the start of this, you know. It's... Yeah, exactly. Like I said, the freak show, like nature of the Elephant Man with yeah. like, say, like, you know, the, the banners of like, uh, like a contorted caricature of John Merrick's disabilities where yeah. you see like the elephant like taking over the animal yeah. the elephant taking over like a human being yeah you could totally imagine it going that territory so no it wouldn't be out of the question for me so you think that if we're going to remake it it has to be a musical it has to be shown on bbc it has to be shown on bbc one so it's a <laughs> yeah. six a six-part mini-series musical on bbc one yes possibly starring charlie heaton from strange things sold immediately <laughs> right okay we'll do that do you think there's anything we've missed is there anything else you wanted to say about the film that you think you know uh, I, I really haven't talked about this and i really must talk about this because this is really important i think um like because we've talked about performances we've talked about john hurt anthony hopkins david lynch yeah, yeah. tremendously obviously like some of the um like i said because I've, I've never believed that um you know filmmaking is like just solely one person's effort whether yeah. that's like the, the director or the screenwriter or anything like that. So I, I kind of debunk auto theory and all of that message. So like I say, it's always been a collaborative uh, effort. And I think for The Elephant Man, there's just this perfect, well, to my eyes, like near perfect, not perfect synthesis of all these different people coming together and just like, like I said, bringing that talent on board, whether that be like, like I say, Freddie Francis' cinematography, where yeah, it's yeah. Just like gorgeous black and white. Yeah wide frames of the London streets. Yeah. Um, like I say, of all different like areas of Victoria London that's not romanticized but like heavily gothic tinge that it just yes. looks beautiful. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And um there's that. There's the like I said, there's the editing by Andy Coates who yeah. just knows how to like properly pace a film for two hours. Yeah. Great. Um and then there's also the score by John Morris, which is just beautiful, I think. It's lovely it's, music, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, lovely. And especially when it, you know, you know, when you get to the famous Adagio for string sequence at the very end, where I, I believe it was like performed by Andre Previn as well, which is like a very high name to get for you. It is, yeah. Score, yeah. Um, performed by him. And it's, it's just like it's really beautiful uh to bookend that as well. And it's you know, and I can't really think of like many musical scores that pick up my ears because most of the time when it comes for like a Hollywood score it just like yeah. goes out one ear and goes out the other and they all sound so similar you know yeah you don't really need the music to a certain extent it's there for whilst you're in the film it works but once you're outside the film it, it's just 
it, it just yeah it, it, it just it's just forgettable sadly um, yeah 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 okay um, um go on no I, I just can't really think of anything else it's just like um like I say, the, the the reason why it's my favorite and why I stand by it's my favorite film is just because it informs how I was, and yeah, how I am. Fair enough. And yeah, yeah. There's nothing really much else I can say about that. No, that, I, that that's absolutely fine. That's kind of where we wanted to get to, so that's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> the hard bit then at the end, I always ask people to do this, and I have done it myself, mm. so I do know it's difficult. Um, can you sell the film in about thirty seconds? Oh. Um... <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna give it a try anyway. Good stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, John Hurt, Black and White, Freddie Francis, David Lynch. Um, that sounds like a mad combination, but at the end of the day, it's probably his most the his most sensible film to date. And when I say sensible, like, like I said, like accessible, great entry points. That's me. Um, I can't think of anything else, really. <laughs> That's fair enough. Hey, do you know what? As I said, it's a difficult thing to do. And it, yeah. this is one of those films that actually, how do you sell the elephant, man? It's like, you know, hmm. it's a it's a story about a guy who's severely deformed in his rehabilitation and he dies at the end. It's like, oh, that's really difficult to sell. You know, it's really difficult to sell. <laughs> but like I say, it's it's kind of like it's about the smaller moments that the journey takes yeah, you on that really yeah. did it, informs the film. And it, 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 it yeah. Yeah, it's the journey in the middle that's the important part of this film, definitely. You've kind of got to mm-hmm. ignore the, the start bit to a certain extent. That's just an introduction. The end bit where he dies is the end bit. It's that middle bit. It's the journey of him getting to realise that he is a human being and everyone else that he is a human being, yeah. And everyone else is a human being. And, and sadly, there are going to be people who are, are not going to see that in him at all. Yeah. I mean, for example, take the Night Porter, take Bites, yeah. who are going to just like take advantage of him. Yeah, but. Yeah. Don't let that take out. Uh, is it take away? Yes, it's his identity for sure, his physical identity. But don't take away his humanity. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Right, I think we've got to the end of it. Thank mm. you very much for coming on tonight. Um, no, thank you. I always say tonight, and then I realise people could watch this at any time or listen to this at any time. So I don't say tonight. <laughs> anyway, I'm recording at night, so that's why I say tonight. So thanks for coming on. Um, again. I'll have in the show notes where people can find you, that type of thing, um, mainly on Letterboxd on the Twitter. So, And I'm sure we will meet again at some point on a Geek Show podcast of some sort. Definitely, yeah. Um, it seems to happen. There's lots, Rob's <clears> doing <throat> a lot with Derek's Uncut. If anyone <clears throat> out there hasn't heard Derek's Uncut, honestly, pick it up. It's a really good podcast. It, it is, yeah. Um, I, I know, honestly, I'm, I'm so thrilled for Rob because, um, like I say, he, he's been trying to get like these podcasts done Um. Yeah in completely fashionable order and he's finally stuck to one that he really does love you know yeah. um does yeah dead, dead happy yeah right that's it from us so thank you very much until next time bye bye for now I-